everybody, and welcome to the Paragon Sports Consulting Podcast. My name is Colby Dross, and I'm the president and founder. Paragon Sports Consulting is a player advising firm helping players of the ages of 14 to 20 navigate their path to college hockey. Today we have Dan Sauvé from the Rockland Nationals. Uh, he's the head coach, general manager. Uh, Dan started his coaching career in 2011 with the junior senators then went on to become the head coach of the Gloucester Rangers, and that team relocated to Rockland, which uh, they are now the Rockland Nationals. Uh, he's coached on the staff of the Junior World Cup in 2018, where he won a bronze. He was the assistant coach of Team East at the 2019 CJHL Prospects game, uh, and he was an assistant coach with Team Canada East at the 2019 World Junior A Challenge in Dawson Creek. Um, how are things going, Dan? How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on here, Colby. Um, yeah, obviously it's a it's a weird time for us right now, but uh, for, in the hockey world, but uh, we're taking it day, day by day and still trying to move along here in our off season stuff. Yeah, I think everybody's just trying to. I mean, kids today are trying to figure out what they're doing day to day, how they can get better. Hopefully, they're taking advantage of this time to come out of it with some kind of compet- uh, competitive advantage. You know. Um, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, so, you know, like I said, let's just get into it. Like, you know, I know your playing career, you played in the CCHL, and what's really unique is it's kind of come full circle, and now you're coaching in it. I guess kind of walk us through, you know, your, you know, your playing career, how you, what made you get into coaching, and then how it, you kind of fell back, you know, getting your first coaching start in the CCHL and now becoming a head coach. Yeah, um, so I'm a you know, product of, of the environment here in Ottawa, so I, I played – double-A hockey growing up, which was the highest level you could play. Um, you know, played competitive hockey all the way growing up. And uh, I ended up uh, playing, starting my junior career here locally as a 16-year-old playing junior B um, in Clarence, which is actually just beside Rockland, kind of in the same same area. So, um, and then from there, I, I made the jump to major junior, played a year with the Gatineau Olympics uh, in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Um, you know, and following that year, I ended up coming back and playing junior A and really focusing on, on university and going to school. So from 18, 19 and 20, I played, uh, I played with the Cumberland grads who are now the Navin grads here. Um, you know, so that was a good drive for me about, uh, only 10 minutes away from my house. So it was close. Um, and then, uh, finished off my junior career in Pembroke, uh, playing uh, with the Lumber Kings and under Sheldon Keith, who's now the the Toronto Maple Leafs head coach. So we ended up winning a championship that year. So that kind of, you know, that, that uh, was the icing on the Sunday for me and my, my hockey. And, and uh, you know, after that, I, I played one year of kind of semi-pro here close to Cornwall and on the U.S. side for the Aquasasne. And I was just kind of having fun and, and still doing my school, having fun and playing, uh, you know, so, some pretty good hockey and getting a little bit of money out of it. So, um, you know, I quickly transitioned into coaching the year after that and, uh, you know, the rest is kind of history, but, you know, I think one of the main reasons why I, I started coaching in the first place was, um, you know, I just felt like I was an intelligent player, but my, my physical ability couldn't really keep up to, to, to continue to push myself to at a higher level, you know, whether it be my strength or my size or my um, you know, how in shape I was and all that stuff. I always thought I was a smart player. And I, I, I figured that if I could help players think the game better, players that were, uh, you know, faster, stronger, more skilled than I was, if they could think the game better, then I could help them 
know, kind of achieve a, a higher level. So that's kind of the reason why uh, I ended up getting into coaching. And, and uh, luckily enough, the, the first year that I kind of stopped playing hockey, I was still in school full time. And the Ottawa Junior Sanders were, uh, you know, they were a two minute drive, almost like a walk to the rink. And uh, the coach at the time was Rick Dorval. And he's the, he's now the head coach and GM for the Hawksbury Hawks in our league. So um, we had a, we had a pretty good staff when I first started there in Ottawa with, uh, with Rick Dorval and Martin Dajdeh from Ottawa and myself. So we, uh, you know, we had some, some good seasons some good teams and that's kind of how I got the ball rolling for my coaching career. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think too, I mean, maybe you could touch on is you've seen the CCHL, I guess, grow. I mean, you've, you've coached in it now a pretty long time. Like, Maybe just touch on like how the league's changed, maybe how it's become more competitive. Um, and I guess talk about, you know, the location of it and the caliber of play and, and what kind of exposure opportunities there are for maybe, a, you know, a player or parent that's not too familiar with it. Yeah, from a, you know, from a, from a player's perspective, a former player and a coach now for the last 10 years, I mean, it's, it's a fantastic league. It's, it's, you know, for myself as a player, I was able to still do my university full time and still play at a really high level hockey, right. Which is, which is junior A. So I know a lot of leagues across Canada, like the travel is so much, is so much that, you know, to even take one or two college courses, university courses, it's almost impossible. Right. So everything here is, is uh, two hours, you know, uh, less than two hours is your furthest road trip for, for most teams. So, um, you know, you're always in your bed at night. You're never in a hotel room. Uh, you're on the ice every day. And, and I think the league has really, really evolved in the last, you know, probably the last eight or nine years since I've been uh, organized or since I've been involved in the coaching side, but it's, it's, it's become, you know, such a, a, a breeding, breeding ground for, for NCAA hockey, uh, major junior hockey, all the, all the higher levels. So it's really, really competitive. Um I, I know that Kevin Abrams, our commissioner, he does a, a really good job of promoting our league and, and making sure that we have the best, uh, you know, the best staff possible, the best tools that we can, that we can get for, for video, for off ice stuff, or our officials are good. I mean, it, it's a really good league. And, and obviously I'm biased because I've spent, uh, you know, 15 years here, but um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with the direction it's going in for sure. Yeah, I think too, like I'm always talking to parents and, and players, like efficiency is a big thing. So like you touch it on how there's not many, if it's not like none, you know, hotel stays, everyone's kind of, you go up for a game, you're back, you can kind of get the most out of your Monday to Friday. Obviously, I know you guys play games throughout the week too sometimes, but it, it kind of gives you that ability to not be exhausted because you were just gone for five days and played only two yep. games. You know what I mean? Yeah, for the most part, that that's, a, that's one of our biggest selling points. I mean, I remember... When I played major junior for Gatineau, we went on a, on a 16, 17 day road trip in the Maritimes in, the, in Eastern Canada. And, and, you know, this was right in the middle of December, I believe, or early December. So during my school year, so gone for two weeks, you know, that, that doesn't really happen. It doesn't happen at all in our league. So one of our biggest selling features is, is that we're really, we're a league that's really focused on high academics and every team's got a, a, a academic advisor our league has a really good academic uh, academic advisor as well. So um, we really try and create that environment for kids to do well in school, have some free time. And, you know, they're not, uh, they're not tired from getting back from a road trip at two, three, four in the morning. So um, I think it, it's a good environment for them. Yeah. I think what's, what's, inter what's interesting too is um, my time in Dubuque when I'd come up for the showcases, like, besides coaches, uh, you'd have the academic advisors there for some of the teams I'd be handing out. 
the kids' GPAs and test scores and yep. say, hey, if you have any questions on the kid's academic profile, like, you know, he could help tell you about the kid, his work ethic in, in the classroom. So that's always been helpful. And I think, you know, just touching on those events, I mean, what if people, again, aren't familiar with the CCHL, like BCHL has their showcase, NA has their showcase in Blaine. I know the CCHL has their main event. And, and recently, I don't know how, how new it is, but the two-day event, can you touch on those events that they're trying to help uh, promote exposure at? Yeah, I mean, uh, I know the leagues across Canada all have their showcases and the CCHL is much the same. And, you know, from the time I've been involved in it, it it's been a fantastic event. I mean, Ottawa is such a hockey hub. Like, it's such a, a hockey crazy city. You know, you have the Ottawa Senators, you've got um, the Ottawa 67s, you got no Olympics, you got a, a handful of junior 18s. There's just so much hockey going around in Ottawa that, that having that showcase here – um, it's huge. I mean, the scouts, there's always, there's always over a hundred scouts, either NCAA, NHL, uh, OHL, Quebec major junior league. Like they're, they're all over that showcase. And, and for the most part, or for most kids, it's their first kind of real look, you know, exposure to, to NCAA schools. Um, you know, it, it starts the ball rolling early in the year and, and scouts, you know, they, they keep tabs on certain guys and then they call back and they want to, follow certain guys so um yeah it's a huge event for us i know that our league does a really good job at trying to trying to uh have more and more opportunities for kids to, to be exposed to NCAA you know whether it's uh, the league showcase at the beginning of the year we had sort of a winter showcase this past year i think it was january or february uh, during the week um and then we also had a uh, an exhibition game against UMass Lowell so we had a, a team of uh kind of CCHL all-stars go up and play play an exhibition game against a division one program during Christmas. So, um, you know, there's all these different opportunities and different events that really showcase our players. So uh, that's, that's the one, one regard that our, our, our commissioner and our league do a really good job at uh, doing is promoting our guys to the next level. Yeah. And I think too, like before we move into Rockland and what it's all about um, the other event too, obviously it's a, individual kind of accomplishment but you know all these events where colleges can come in one place track guys and come up on their own but even the eastern canada cup for someone that might not know what that is like maybe touch on what that's all about yeah we uh the eastern canada cup's been a really big event here the past uh you know probably the past uh six or seven years they they didn't have one this past year um for whatever reason i'm not sure but uh, in previous years, it's always been a big event. It's always been a huge event. And we've essentially what it is, is we send up two all-star teams from our league. Um, they have two all-star, I think four all-star teams from uh, the OJ, uh, two from Quebec, two from uh, the Maritimes, and usually one, sometimes two from the Northern Ontario. So it's, it's kind of a big all-star tournament. The games are really fast. The games are just two periods. You know, so scouts are there all day and they can watch, you know, game after game after game of, of the best players in, in Eastern Canada, right? So it's, it was a really big event. And, and I think that, uh, well, it's un unfortunate we didn't have it last year, but I think we're going to work, we're going to be working hard to try and bring that event back. Um, you know, the amount of schools that are there is just, it's absurd. So they get to see the top guys and the whole, uh, you know, all of Eastern Canada. So. Um, it's also a really good recruiting tool for Team Canada East. You know, we didn't have that last year when we went, but uh, in years uh, previous, I know that the Team Canada East staff is there scouting and watching the whole tournament and, you know, giving their recommendations on players that they want to see because it's usually a tournament that's right before 
the selection of, of team Canada East. So, um, you know, it's definitely a, a good tool for the recruiting process. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, moving into like now Rockland outside of the league, um, you know, really informative information there. Like, so tell us like, where, where is Rockland for someone that doesn't even know where you guys are located? Um, you know, what are the facilities like? I kind of touch on, you know, I guess the town and, and where you might be living. Yeah. Rockland is a, is a little, uh, you know, bilingual uh, community, just about 20 minutes east of Ottawa. Um, it's, uh, you know, about uh, 10, 15 years ago, they built a brand new facility um, just outside, well, inside Rockland, but just kind of on the side of the, of the highway. And, uh, you know, they built that facility to, uh, to bring in a, a prep school, which is CIH Academy. And uh, so it's a two pad complex and it's a state of the art. It's got about a three, 3000 seat capacity, uh, three quarter bowl around the rink. It's, it's a really, really nice rink. Um, you know, we have a brand new dressing room. There's a weight training facility at uh, the second level of the arena, which is, you know, you, you could probably fit a football team in there. Um, you know, it's got everything that, that a hockey player needs to, to, to do what they have to do to, to be successful. So, um, yeah, and the community of Rockland is, is just far enough outside the city of Ottawa that it's a, kind of a little bit secluded. So they, you really have that small town feel. Um, you know, the, the closer you get to the city, the more, you know, people are, seem to be, you know, watching the Sens or watching the 67s or watching the, the, the NHL hockey or the higher end OHL stuff. But when you get outside the city of Ottawa and, and some of the towns like Rockland and Brockville, Pembroke, Carlton Place, um, you see that there's a lot more uh, fans that are committed to coming to watch every game and you have real fans. So, uh, that's really nice to see. And since we moved to Rockland, the community has really embraced us. And, um, you know, we're starting our fourth year already. And, and you know, we, we really didn't know what to expect moving in there uh, four years ago. But, um, you know, we're, we're extremely happy with how, how things have gone early on. And, um, you know, yeah, our, our facility is very nice. We have a good staff and really good ownership. So I think it's, it's a winning recipe. Yeah. And speaking of winning, like you guys, obviously, even this year, and, and you've had a lot of success. I mean, in, in your, you know, obviously, it's it's a, I'm sure we could talk about this for an hour, but just some general concepts, like, what do you think's led to that success? Like, what kind of philosophy or coaching uh, aspects do you think have, have led to that sustained success? And obviously, this season, have a great year. Um, yeah, there's not a, I don't think there's a, an easy answer for that. I think, um, you know, when we, the way we kind of our owners bought the team in uh, when they were in Gloucester, um, they bought the team midway through the season. So the season had already started. They were 10 games in. Um, Gloucester was, uh, didn't have a great track record the past few seasons. And, and uh, our owners came in and, and bought the team kind of end of September. So they had already played some games and, um, you know, hiring me coming in there, I was the only hockey staff board so you know I remember my first four or five weeks were kind of I was by myself on the ice you know GM head coach no assistance no nothing and I always kind of told myself you know I can scramble and just try and get anybody who wants to come help or I can take my time and make sure we hire the right people and not you know it's it's tough hiring people mid-season right because you know sure. a lot of hockey people they're all already involved with teams they're all committed somewhere so um, I think we took a very patient approach to hiring our staff, our supporting staff, and it's been an ongoing process of, of trying to seek the right people. 
You know, we want, we want people that are there for the right reasons. We want there that are people that are there for, for the kids and for their development. And, you know, that aren't, uh, you know, I don't know how to say it, but really we wanted to bring in good people. So that's been a, a, an ongoing process. And I've, I felt from a GM perspective that every year we've gotten, our staff has just gotten more and more solid and, and good people. And uh, I think that's one of our biggest strengths. Um, you know, and in terms of, of my philosophy on, on how to build a winning team is, is really is to not, to fo- is, is to not focus on winning. Um, that's, that's always been my philosophy from, from day one. And if you ask my players that come through the program, I probably, uh, I probably repeat to them at least 20 times a year is, you know, I don't care about the result at the end of the game. Uh, I really don't care if we win or lose. It's about how we play, how we conduct ourselves, how we practice and, and all the little things that are in our control. That's, that's what makes us successful in life. Right. Yeah. Um, I think if you only measure the wins and losses, I think you can get sidetracked sometimes. Um, you know, and, and for me, that's the, that's the biggest thing is, is when you're don't get too high when you win and don't get too low when you lose, you kind of keep even keel and, and just keep working at getting better and, and enjoying the, the process of every day coming to the ring, practicing, working out, uh, giving it your all, being there for your teammates, all that stuff that, that you know, the, the cliche stuff, but it, it's true. And that's kind of what we've done here in Rockland. Yeah, I think too, like some of the last couple of guys we've had on, like they're doing things the right way, you know, for the most part. And, and it's all about, you know, if you're going to take that time and have a plan and put a process in place, like it's easy to kind of be a, you know, a one year flash in the pan, but to have sustained success, it's about doing that process every day, every week, every month. And it, it seems like you guys are doing that and obviously hiring the right people and getting the right players in there. Um, I guess, you know, one other thing I'd let, like touch on as far as coaching philosophy goes, I mean, I know it changes year to year with like recruiting classes and who you get to come in. But, you know, if you had to describe, I guess, a, 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 an aspect to kind of like, if someone says, well, how do you, how do you play? How does your team play? What do you like? Like, like what would Rockland Nationals hockey be like? I mean, do you guys want to play fast, hard, you know, compete? Like just curious for someone who, who might be interested in hearing that. Yeah, no, it's a good question. I mean, every, I think every organization, every team has their, has their identity on the ice. I think that the way I like to, to have my teams play is I want them to be fast, skilled and smart, um, detail oriented. Um, you know, I, I really love bringing kids in that, are willing to work, but that ask questions, you know what I mean? Guys that, that, that are invested in their own development and that are invested in in their other teammates development. Um, You know, accountability is definitely a big thing for me. And that's not just uh, on the ice, it's off the ice as well. And and that's, that's kind of what I look for in hockey players is, is before we commit to anyone, I usually, I always have a sit down conversation. I meet the, the player. I usually meet the parents as well. And, um, just to get a good feel for how the players are off the ice. Um, I'm a huge believer in, in, in getting kids that are, that are molded the, the same type of way, you know, they're respectful, they're driven, they're motivated. Um, you know, obviously they'll, they'll have some different skills on the ice. You know, you need players that, that are going to fill out different roles for you. But at the end of the day, if you have kids that are high, high character kids, um, I think that that's, that's a, a recipe for success as well. Yeah. I think it's, it's been a consistent theme with, with even, I mean, we had uh, Matt Miller from the Kings on the other day and, and I mean, he even talked about what are you doing when you're away from the rink? You know, you're going to have to make decisions on your own. Are you going to sleep at nine thirty or 1230 and you know, all yeah. that stuff 
let's separate the good from the great. You know what I mean? And finding those kids and learning about them as human beings. And I think sometimes that gets lost in all this because everybody's just like, hey, we got to get to this level. And meanwhile, they forget about, well, you got to be a good person, you know, hopefully a good student or the best student you could be. And, uh, you know, working towards like that growth mindset, right? You know, you always yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. So, so you get the players into Rockland, you recruit them, you got returners signed, like, for someone who's not familiar, like I said, day to day, like what is what does your schedule look like? You know, Monday to Sunday. You know, assuming maybe you guys play Friday, Saturday, or Friday, Sunday. You know, what are you guys doing? You know, during that week to get prepared for those games? Yeah, so it's a you know it's a pretty busy schedule for for a young hockey player, especially one who's who's in school full time, whether it's still in high school or, or taking classes university, but. Uh, Mondays are our day off. We have nothing on Mondays. It's, it's guys rest, guys do school. Um, kids that are in university usually try and load up those days so that they, they know that they, they have no hockey that day. Uh, we practice Tuesdays, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, 4 to 5.30. Um, Tuesdays and Thursdays, we have workouts after practice. Tuesdays usually uh, more of a lift, a team lift, because uh, we usually play on Fridays. So. Um, Tuesday is that big hard workout off the ice. Wednesday after practice, we'll have team video and team meetings usually. Um, Thursdays is a lighter workout after practice. And, uh, you know, we get ready for our games. We usually play at home on Fridays, practice Saturday at noon. Um, and then we usually play on the road on Sundays. So that's, that's a normal schedule, typical. Um, you know, obviously we'll, we'll play some road games during the week. Uh, you know, whether it's a Wednesday night or a Thursday night, and then we kind of have to switch our schedule a little bit, but, um, you know, that, can you hear me there, Colby? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So that, that's sort of our schedule. Saturdays is more of a, a light day where we'll, we'll work on adjustments between opponents. You know, if we play Friday night and then we, uh, kind of debrief, have a little bit of video and prepare for our opponents on the Sunday, um, do a little bit more skill work, a little bit more power play, special team stuff on the Saturday. But, uh, you know, that, that's our schedule. And, and usually our Tuesday practices are a little harder, more intense, more uh, battle-oriented and, and, and going hard and conditioning and all that stuff. Wednesdays and Thursdays we transition into a little bit more uh, of our team structure and our, our special teams and how we want to play. Um, and then we, you know, we, we, we get ready for our matchups on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, obviously, like all these other junior programs and great organizations, like pretty busy schedule. Um, you know, outside of the schedule, you know, in, you know this that included in your answer here, but what do you think the biggest adjustment is? You know, I know you guys get sometimes get prep school kids, get midget kids, you get kids from Canada. You know, what – you know, kids their first year junior, like what are you seeing as that biggest adjustment or, or you know, two things, whatever you, know, whatever you want to add? Um, you know what? It's, it's, it's a big jump. I think from midget or prep school hockey coming into our league is, is a big jump for sure. And, and the biggest thing for me, I think is the speed of play. Um, you know, about like, like, you know, we've got some really good programs in our league and we've got teams that are, you know, I, we have a lot of parity in our league. I mean, the last place team and the first place team can, uh, you know, they're tight games all the time. So, I think the biggest adjustment is the parity in the league, the speed at which at which teams in our league play at. I mean, I think for some players, it's it's uh, 10, 15, 20 games. Then they, once they get over that hump, they kind of realize, okay, like, you know, they can play fast, but they can also use their skills. 
I think young players coming in that are rookies, I think they, because everything is made is done so fast that they rush things and they rush their plays and they think they don't have time. So it's a little bit of an adjustment period for most kids. I think that the confidence, confidence is what kind of either dictates whether it's uh, you know, it takes you 10 games to figure it out or if it takes you 30 or 40 games to figure it out. Right. You're an opportunity, an opportunity as well. I mean, if you're, I'm a, I'm a coach who, loves you know running my 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 lines i mean my lines we have four lines we have six defense that play and and you know we don't have three forwards playing 30 minutes a night and three of them that are playing five minutes a night i mean i don't think that i don't think your team gets anywhere that way in the long run and i don't think the players develop as much in the long run so you want to get those kids as many reps as possible early in the year so that come playoff time they've all had those reps, right? And they're able to play in every situation. So if you get a star player that goes down, you know that you've got the another guy who's ready to, to handle those minutes because he's done it before and during the season. So, um, yeah, and the, I, I think a prep school kid or midget kid is, is just finding your groove in our league. And, you know, we, we take kids that are ready to play, whether they're 20 or 17 or 16. You know, we'll take a 16-year-old if we think that 20 games in the season he's going to contribute and be able to help our team so um yeah i i think it's it's a different process for everybody but it takes uh takes about 20 games in and once you hit once you hit december january you'll see that your young guys can uh, can really play yeah i think too i mean you know compared to midget and prep where if you're playing a last place team or a weaker team you know you might beat them six one or you know six nothing and not to say that that doesn't happen in junior but for the most part, I'd say majority of the junior, it's, it's going to be a grind you know, night in and night out. You know what I mean? And compared to, uh, to prep school. And, and then the other thing too, I think people don't realize is, you know, if you, if you do struggle that first half of the year and you have great weekends and you have average weekends or bad weekends, it's like typically for the most part, I mean, every kid's different, but you're hoping by that second half of the season, they take that turn. And do you see that in a lot of kids where they, you know, that first half is that transition and that second yeah absolutely absolutely and and that's you know that's where we kind of see ourselves as a developmental team and and we don't put we don't put too much importance on the winning aspect and as, as more of the developing the, the player developing the person because we feel that if you develop the person and the, and the player and you make him feel like he's worth something you make him feel like he's getting better and he is getting better it's just you know, some kids aren't faced with a lot of obstacles growing up in hockey, right? I mean, they might be the best players in their team growing up every year, year to year, and then they get to our team or they get to a junior A league and, and you know, they're starting out on the third or fourth line and they're maybe not the go-to guy and they're struggling, they're not scoring in their first couple of games. or So that's a big adjustment for players and to realize that scoring is not everything, but you can contribute in different ways. So sure. um, when, when players buy in like that, you, you'll see that the, the growth in their game just – you know, is exponential. So, so yeah, I mean, moving into that, you know, guys transitioning, having really good years, season or two, you know, talk about your college placements this year. I know you had some division one players, maybe touch on where those guys committed, um, what that process might've looked like for one or two as an example. And then, you know, also people, um, you know, to, to kind of understand even the division three part uh, to this, you know, and, and how many guys you guys had committed and are moving on to, I mean, some, I know we have one kid, I think he's going to Colby, uh, great academic school and, and wherever else. Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's a lot that goes behind um, getting a, getting a commitment to a college school. I mean, obviously we've, we've had the, 
we've had some really good teams here in the past couple of years and, and that's allowed a lot of our players to get more exposure right year after year teams are kind of recognizing that we're doing a good job and we have a good program and you know we're in the playoffs playing against the top teams and and um, I think that's good exposure for the for the players is when your team does well so it, it's it's a long process I mean I think one of the things that might be a myth for some kids and parents is is while you know my kids played a year in, in the CCHL or has played a year junior a and there's no team you know he doesn't have a division one offer yet I'm like you know and it's kind of it's a long process. I mean, these schools, they got to come see you play three, four, five times. They got to, they got to get to know you. They're investing a lot of money into scholarships. Right. And, sure. and you know, scholarship can be worth up to 200,000, 250,000. So, I mean, they can't just, they can't make mistakes with recruiting players. They have to make sure they do their, their homework. So, um, you know, we've had, we've had uh, five division one commits this year on our team, I believe. Uh, again, another handful of players that have graduated and gone division three. Uh, we're still waiting on a couple and seeing what's going on, but, uh, it's a process and most kids will play two years in our league and that's when they'll kind of get their, their looks and scouts want to see what players do. You know, if you have a good year, they want to see, okay, if he's, is he going to have a really good second year? Is he going to continue to grow and evolve and get better? Right. Um, so I think getting your foot in the door with a couple of teams and talking to them, you know, whether it be at a showcase or whatever it is, is good. Um, but you, you got to perform and you got to keep getting better. And, and uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of work that goes into, into getting, uh, getting a division one scholarship. That's for sure. Yeah. And I think too, like, as long as you can exercise patience, like it's a good thing. Like if they're committing you at 1920 or, or I mean, I guess even 18, like they know you're going to make it right. Like you're going to, they, you're filling a need that they need, whether it's a year out, two years out or, or for that immediate fall. Like it's not a, it's not an early commit where, you know, things can go sideways. You know what I mean? So yeah. It's a good, yeah. Um, so for sure. talking about like, you know, you've had all these good players, guys commit. What's your recruiting process like, you know, for people that don't, you know, maybe aren't from, like I said, understand or familiar. I know you guys have camps, things like that. You guys are going to have an orientation camp for Americans this year. You know, where are you guys going to events, recruiting, um, you know, is it junior prep school, high school? What about in the States? Kind of fill us in on what you can with that. Yeah. So we, I mean, obviously every year is different and our needs are different for recruiting. So um, we, we kind of, we look to project on, on what our needs are for next season based on how many players we think we're going to lose. So, um, you know, when we first moved to Rockland that first year, we, we knew we had probably 15, 16 spots to fill. So we were, we recruited in a lot of different areas and, and, um, you know, we, we go watch a lot of games. We recruit in a lot of different leagues and, and now, you know, with the success that our team's been having the past couple of years and, and, you know, the type of program we have, we have a lot of advisors trying to send us players. So the recruiting, the recruiting process is, is seems to be getting a little easier, um, you know, as the years go on. Um, but I mean, it's, it's ultra competitive. I mean, the CCHL, I mean, every time we talk to a kid, they've talked to three or four other teams in our league. So it's, uh, it's definitely very, very competitive, but we, we go, we recruit a lot in the, the U S prep schools, uh, like the MPHL and, and different leagues, different leagues across uh, across the USA or across northern uh, the northern US. Um, we look a lot at uh, at Toronto Midget 
you know, the, the GTHL or any of the Toronto leagues that have midget players. We look at the nor Northern Ontario for us as well in midget hockey. Um, you know, we, we recruit a lot and we look at the CIGEP league in Quebec. So pretty much everything that's, that's around Ottawa where, where kids are, are willing to come to the, or where kids want to come play in the CCHL, right? Sure, um, yeah. a, lot, a lot of kids know what our league's about before we even approach them. And those are the best types of kids that you want to try and recruit, right? As opposed to calling a kid and saying, hey, do you know anything about our league? And they say, no, nope, no, I have no idea what the CCHL is, right? So it's a little yeah. tougher to recruit those kids. But for the most part, a lot of the prep school kids and um, a lot of their advisors try and push them into our league because they know it's a, it's a, a very strong league for NCAA and, and for, for exposure. So, um, yeah, we, we try and get out to uh, at least uh, five, six, seven different showcases in different, uh, in, in different prep school leagues and different leagues. So, um, and then we try and get, get out early in, in the season, right? Like September, yeah. October, you see the guys once, make a list of the guys you like start talking to kids and then hopefully you can see them again before Christmas and December. And, um, you know, you, you got to start committing kids early because uh, teams are, teams are very, very competitive in the recruiting process. And I think too, like for the player, like, you know, educate yourself, right? Like even on the organization, right? Cause it's all about development and opportunity. And if you're not going to be happy where you're at, whether never mind the hockey piece, like, you know, you want to like the coach, you want to believe that he's going to make you a better player, but What's the living like? What's if you're still in school? What's school like? Uh, you know all that stuff that comes with it because hockey's. I mean, it's a big part of it, but I mean, there's a lot of other time you're you're spending wherever you're gonna play for the season, right? Uh, yeah. Understanding what you're getting into. Um, so I guess like one question, I guess based off that recruiting, I guess you know, you know, when you're recruiting kiddies, it's to come to Rockland play for you because you believe you you know he's gonna help you and you're gonna make him a better player. I guess let's say like an 18, 19, 20 year old, you know, what would you tell them, you know, um, why go to, why come to Rockland compared to not comparing it to leagues or even just other organizations, but maybe what separates you guys a little bit from, from your competitors or, or other organizations, uh, maybe something you're doing different there. Um, I mean, we have, uh, there's a lot of, as I said earlier, there's a, there's a lot of really good programs in our league and, and, you know, sometimes we recruit kids and, and it's, you know, between us and somebody else or other us and two other teams. And, um, you know, ultimately, as you said earlier, kids got to do their research. Kids got to be informed and make, you know, make the right decision. So regardless of what happens, if a kid decides to go elsewhere, we're, you know, there's, there's no bad feelings. It's, it's business as usual. We wish them good luck. And um, obviously you want to have a good relationship with, with any kid that you try to recruit, whether he comes or not, but, you know, in terms of what we use or what we try and use to recruit kids to here to Rockland, I mean, number one is that we have probably the nicest facility in the league. I think there's, you know, maybe a handful that are as nice, but um, having our gym inside our rink, having the state-of-the-art facility in, in the rink and the seating, it's uh, it's a really nice complex. So obviously kids are kind of wowed by that and they, they yeah. like what they see. Um, I, I'm going to tell you – this is my own opinion, but I think our ownership group is, is uh, probably one of the best in the league. And the reason is that none of them are involved in the hockey side. You know, they are, they are a little bit, but I mean, I'm the head coach and GM, but I'm not an owner. Right. So a lot sure. of teams in our league have, have uh, people in place that are either owner GMs and coaches all together in one, you know, they, they, they do all three. So our owners are really, really focused on the hockey team and, and, 
and the outside stuff as in the sponsors, the events they put on at games, the canteens and so all this different thing, different things that they can do for fans and for the community. And my job is just to make sure that, you know, we bring in good people. We try to have a successful team and, and, and do all that stuff. So our owners are really in it for the good, for the right reasons. And we have four owners, you know what I mean? So financially, sure. financially, it's not as if, um, you know, if, if we were to lose a little bit of money or make a little bit of money, they're, they're not, it's not their, uh, their main moneymaker. You know what I mean? So, sure. uh, our, our owners are really in it for the right reasons to bring hockey back to Rockland to a community that, that didn't have a junior 18 for a really long time. So, um, that's, that's probably one of my biggest selling points for, for bringing kids in here to Rockland is that our owners are you know, willing to do pretty much anything to, to have, have a successful franchise and it's all about the players and the team and it's not about uh, trying to make money. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. Um, that's a big selling point. We really want to take care of our kids. I mean, we have a bill of coordinator. We have our kids get free haircuts in Rockland. They get free gym access. They get free, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of perks um, of being here, but um, you know, and, and I think that we've assembled a really, really good on ice staff as well. Um, so kids, kids are, are, are very well surrounded. Our billet families are, are, you know, wonderful, wonderful families. And, and I've been involved in junior hockey for, for a while. And, you know, I've seen some really great billets and I've seen some billets that are not so great. And, and, and it, it just, it is what it is. It's tough to find people sometimes. Right. But, sure. uh, but our, our billets here in Rockland, because it's such a small community and, everybody knows everybody and, and they're in it for the right reasons. They just, they want to be part of the hockey team. So um, yeah. And, and obviously we have our success on the ice in our past couple of years. That's helped with the recruiting process. And I think the more that you can get uh, show kind of show that you've had players that, that have been able to, to get scholarships division one, I, I think that's a big selling feature as well. You know, having five players on this past year on our team committed to division one programs is definitely something that players look at when they, when they choose a, a team in, in our league. Sure. And I think the biggest root of all that is just, you know, you guys are all in it for the right reasons. Like, obviously, like anything, it's a business, but you have the right people, the right staff, you've taken your time, you know, the ownership wants to have a good product. And, and if that leads to profits, then that's great for them. But the community is involved and supportive. And it just sounds like everything's coming full circle there with you guys. And the last question I'd, I'd love to hear is, a little bit, you know, outside of, you know, uh, Rockland, the CCHL, but you mentioned earlier in, in our podcast here, like you played for Sheldon Keefe. Like, I'm just curious, like, how has he influenced uh, or just playing for him? How has, if any, if at all, influenced your coaching philosophy or, or anything you've learned? And obviously, I'm sure you're following him now and maybe you're in you know, contact with him. But, you know, how has that kind of shaped uh, the coach you are today? Yeah, uh, you know what, I, I – um... I got the privilege to to play for Sheldon in, in Pembroke here my last junior year. And um, I was, I was uh, traded there halfway through the year. So I spent half a season with him and, and uh, you know, he was, he was a very, very good coach. He was very quiet, but I felt like, uh, you know, uh, he, he was a, he was a fantastic coach and he was someone with so much charisma and, and our players looked up to him so much. I think his, his leadership abilities as a coach were, uh, you know, were, were beyond imaginable. Um, you know, players would, players would, you know, want to sacrifice everything to win the game to, to try, you know, almost for him. You know what I mean? You know, they kind of sure. felt like, like they, he made you guys, made our players kind of want to win, not for yourself, but for other people. 
Um, so being, being accountable towards your teammates. So, you know, I, I think the biggest thing that, that Sheldon is going to, you know, for that I'm grateful for from Sheldon is, is when I started my coaching career, when I was just an assistant coach in Ottawa, probably two or three years after, uh, maybe about three, four years after uh, I finished playing, he uh, he was the head coach for the Toronto Marlies, and he called me up and asked me, invited me down to uh, to the Toronto Toronto Marlies, or actually, I guess the Leafs development camp back sure. when uh, when Austin Matthews and and uh, Mitch Marner were rookies. They had just been drafted, and uh, you know he reached out to me and invited me, and I hadn't talked to him for maybe three four years. So just just the way he um, the way he embraces young coaches and the way he wants to give back to people and and you know, he's not uh, sitting on his high horse up in the NHL and, and you know, looking at, looking at how good he is. I think he's, uh, he knows where he's from. He knows, you know, th- that a lot of people like him and that a lot of people have done a lot for him, that he's done a lot for other people. So just, just the fact that he reached out to me and, and wanted to, to, to kind of open my eyes to, to coaching a little bit early in my career, I think that was just uh, very generous of him. So that's definitely something that I want to do later on. And, and as I continue to coach is to try and mentor younger coaches. Right. And that's, uh, sure. that, that's uh, probably the biggest thing that I'll, that I'll take from, from Sheldon moving forward. Yeah. It's always about how you can give back to the game, whether it's players or, or guys that you've learned from or, or guys underneath you, but this has been awesome. Like, I think it's been super informative. We've learned a lot about Rockland, the CCHL, you know, how you want to run your program, you know, the organization itself, the inner workings, um, so I really appreciate you coming on today. And um, like I always do, I just want to give you the last word, anything you want to touch on, if there's anything you want to, uh, you know, if anyone wants to get in touch with you about Rockland or, or potential opportunities, you know, kind of just give you the last word here. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, obviously thanks for having me out on the, on the podcast here. It's, it's been fun. And uh, you know, for players that are looking to make that, that next step, just, you know, don't be afraid to fail and don't be afraid to have setbacks and keep pushing through. But you know, at the same time, be realistic, you know what I mean? Be real, realistic with your goals, be realistic with what you're trying to accomplish. But um, as long as you're having fun and you're doing it for the right reasons and you're playing for the right reasons, you know, just, just keep having fun and keep doing it. So that'd be, that'd be my send off for, for today. Appreciate it, Dan. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks to everyone for joining us. This has been the Paragon Sports Consulting Podcast. Uh, follow us on social media at Paragon Athlete across Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, you can also visit our website at ParagonSportsConsulting.com. Uh, we look forward to seeing everybody uh, in the near future with our next guest. Take care.